Hello and welcome to Logical, the regular legal podcast from the Dubai-based law firm HPL Yamalava and Pleska, still the Gulf region's first and only legal podcast. I'm Tim Elliott, back distanced here at Dubai's Jumeirah Lakes Towers offices with the managing partner of the firm, Ludmilla Yamalava. Good to see you, you're looking well. Thank you very much. Great to see you too. It's been too long. Now, today on Logical, we're talking legal proceedings, but legal proceedings during these, as they keep saying, unprecedented COVID-19 times. Ludmilla, if you're ready, let's get logical. Let's get logical. Now, first off, we entered lockdown, as we record this, just over five months uh, ago, Ludmilla. Now, looking back to mid-March, as it became clear, we'd all be spending a lot more time at home with family. We've been spending as much time at work as we had been. How did things seem then for you? And I'm, I'm asking specifically personally, but also looking ahead uh, in your position as the owner of a legal firm. Well, I perhaps would say that even though we're not through this yet, but no one really, certainly we did not predict for things to be where they are today, and we're now at the end of August. Mm. So from a very simple business perspective, we were anticipating a a severe setback uh, for a number of reasons, and um, but we were sort of expecting maybe two to three months and thought, thought July, come July, we'll be back more or less, not necessarily to normal, but we'll be picking up steam. Well, now we're at the end of August, and things are still uh, difficult, and they're still challenging, and they're not just challenging in this part of the world, they're challenging all over the world, and more importantly, we are not quite certain how, how much longer things will continue to be challenging in the way that they are today. And uh, at, a, sort of at a bigger level, at a higher level, so many fundamental aspects of uh, running a business and just going around your daily lives have changed, mm. have changed significantly and have changed in the ways that we, the ultimate results we will we have yet to see and how things will gel together uh, will um, take some time for us to, to process. And uh, so for us as a business, and we're a law firm, we provide legal services, and that's a service, if you will, a commodity that is of uh, much relevance to, um, to sort of the community during good times or bad times. Because when during good times, people want to either upgrade or uh, merge, buy another business, go into a new business, and um, they're happy that they need legal services then. During bad times, people are trying to scale things down, be it move into a smaller office or exit from a business or close the business or terminate employees or scale down their businesses, whatever whatever it is, it often requires legal advice. So you'd think we're in an industry that would be more or less immune from the pandemic, but it's not so. And us as a law firm, I would say perhaps we're not unique. Many other firms have either closed down or closing down or scaling down or streamlining their operations and consolidating their offices and consolidating their operations and and their staff. Uh, so, and as you rightfully said, I think the worst is, is yet to sort of manifest itself. Uh, we're now in August and we were expecting for things to at least... Uh, um, turn the corner and start working towards the new future. And we're not there yet. Uh, there have been a number of positive developments that we 
uh, we experienced during the last three or four months, which perhaps we didn't expect. Uh, and, and those developments in particular regarding the sort of embrace, embracing of the technology from both business and private sectors as well as the government. So that has helped, and, and that's one of the other outcomes we did not quite expect when we were going into the lockdown. Uh, and then the lockdown, obviously by very definition, means we're all locked down to, in, in our respective, in this case, homes. And so how do you conduct a business? when your, your physical movements are restricted. And so there have been a number of positive developments that have come out from that, and in particular as far as legal profession is concerned. And uh, that has been uh, promising and uh, encouraging, and more importantly, I'd say moving ahead, in many ways our life, because of these developments and, and these new initiatives, uh, is is will be more efficient and therefore in some ways even more uh, more beneficial uh, and um, uh, we that's kind of a positive um, realization and I hope that a lot of these new initiatives that have been put put in place will continue to stay that in other words they will not phase out as we go back into whatever the new normal is there's nothing like forcing a change to make change that little bit easier for sure. I want to talk to you more about uh, technology and the effects of technology, the benefits of technology uh, during COVID-19 a little bit later. But um, I really want to talk to you about what's happened during COVID-19. Generally speaking, give us a, I suppose a helicopter view of legal proceedings and what you've seen over the last, what, five, five and a half months. Well, sure. I mean, to start with, when the lockdown did happen, everything got closed. The courts were closed. Yeah. The prosecution was closed. The immigration authorities were closed. The police were closed. Uh, the translator, uh, translating offices were closed. I mean, all government, the land department, ARERA, uh, I mean, any other potential possible authority and that we work with as, uh, as a law firm, they, they were all closed, uh, physically closed. Mm. And at that time, and they, the closure happened so quickly, it wasn't um, like we, there was a sort of transition into the digital realm from the physical. Uh, it took some time. Uh, so all of a sudden, from the kind of the, our day-to-day -day operations, we no longer had courts to go to, and that's not just physically to go to, but the courts were not holding hearings, and obviously judges were spending their lockdown time in their own homes, so nothing was happening. Uh, so that's on the one hand. On the other hand, the country was closed, and that is the movement of people uh, stopped, uh, and the, the UAE is um, a very... Um, you know, expat-based, heavily expat-based society and, and business, and we depend on the outside uh, traffic by way of, for example, events uh, or tourism. Uh, we um, normally host so many events, uh, global events here, and uh, similarly the, ho the hospitality industry. Normally, this is, we welcome millions and millions of tourists and uh, flying Emirates or Etihad and staying at all the local hotels. That stopped. And then on the corporate side of things, our clients could no longer fly into the UAE. They had companies, they had businesses, and uh, they were stranded either here or, or in their respective countries, uh, but they couldn't fly in. So they couldn't even really do business the way that they normally do business. 
Uh, and uh, to add to that is just us as a team. We're also we could no longer work together in, in the physical space all of a sudden. Uh, and that took, I mean, that we're a small team and leanly staffed, so it was easier to adapt. Uh, but, um, I mean, this was just a microcosm of what was happening at a much larger uh, stage. Let's talk about the courts and how the courts do work. They are, of course, open uh, now. But how do hearings in the DIFC, and I guess the Dubai courts as well, now work? How, how do things look? Yeah, so perhaps a month into the lockdown, or maybe three weeks into the lockdown, a lot of these services that I just uh, ran through uh, started offering online services. So the courts uh, started offering online hearings and uh, and introducing a lot more online initiatives, such as, for example, submissions to court, submissions to the police, submissions to the prosecutors. Some of these services previously existed in an online platform to some extent, but much, much, much more limited. And so... Obviously, it took a few weeks for things to settle down and, and perhaps to uh, evolve to where they are right now. But um, those services were started to become available a few weeks into the lockdown. So all of a sudden, the courts were back in business, a very different kind of domain in terms of just the physical interaction with it. But the judges were holding hearings and the submissions were being made and they were all being made online. Uh, through various systems, and the hearings were being conducted online with um, video conferencing. And so, and that that in itself was quite interesting because you can imagine so many people had to not just the judges, but the all the uh, lawyers and the advocates had to adapt and adopt um, the, the new systems. And this was quite interesting because often, just to give you a visual, the first few court hearings that were conducted. Uh, some of the advocates appearing, or, or even the, the judges. I mean, all you could see is their noses because many of them were holding these or attending these hearings, so-called, from their phones, just through right. video conferencing. So uh, just the holding of the phones and you know, that in itself was kind of a, an interesting experience. And also who could attend or who could, who could log into these hearings uh, and whether there was any kind of um, way of registering for the attendance of the hearings. I mean, those are some, some, of, the, some of the growing pains that were quickly settled. But, um, uh, so, but as a result, fast forward a few months, now all of the hearings, for the most part, are still being conducted online with this visual conferencing as the, um, sort of as the de- default practice. And uh, from the practical standpoint, I have to tell you, we love it. As a law firm, we love it uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, one is just the efficiency, the efficiency of actually attending these court hearings now online versus having to leave the office, drive to the court, uh, obviously get there earlier, uh, park there, go to the courtroom, and then wait your return. And during the, that period of time, it's not you can't really do very much of anything else. You're just sitting there in the courtroom waiting for your turn to be called. Uh, so now all that you could you skip all that and you're just sitting at the same desk doing your work and you uh, register for the hearing and you just wait for your turn to be called and in the meantime you can do your other productive um, ventures. 
so it's been extremely efficient, has led to a lot of efficiency. It also has allowed us to attend many more hearings that we would have otherwise not been able to attend for one reason or another, either because of the cost of the client or because of the... Uh, so the logistics of attending the hearing, it has also allowed for clients to attend hearings because equally so, they don't have to be in the UAE. They can just log in and attend these hearings virtually. I mean, what a great benefit, a uh, benefit that never existed before. And a lot of clients, just majority of the clients don't attend hearings. But all of a sudden, now you have the ability to attend the hearing from anywhere you are in the world. And this is real time. So that's been great. We really, really enjoyed that development of uh, of, of, of the sort of the judicial system here and the authorities here and, and their how quickly they've embraced technology and continue to rely on it. So that's just the local courts. Um, equal is so. And by the way, that continues uh, now. So even for the, the RDC judgments, we uh, for the rent committee uh, uh, dispute or rent the rental dispute committee or RDC court. Now, all of these hearings are happening online. So let's say if you are a tenant and you want to terminate your contract and you're stuck in France, for example, in the past, it would have been impossible for you in, and, and, and very expensive for you to actually litigate the case. And, and as a result, in many cases, people would just basically abandon their obligations and run away because they just was just too expensive to fly, for example, to attend a hearing. And they, you didn't, they didn't necessarily want to hire a lawyer because it just cost-wise, they couldn't afford it or it wasn't worth it for them. Now, that option is the option of appearing um, by yourself in court from anywhere in the world is, is, a, is a default practice. So that's been highly efficient and very beneficial for, for the community. So that's just the local courts. Uh, with regards to, and by the way, before I move on, even in the local courts, they even if you don't speak Arabic, and we have seen this before, the local courts, I mean, the courts now also make their transla translators available in the same format. So there you are. You could be based in the U.S. and attending a, a conference with the court, and you don't speak Arabic, so the courts actually do make translators available right there and then. So it's the same sort of forum. And you can conduct these hearings with a translator, available to you by the court. So very, very efficient. And that, I would hope, encourage more people to actually address their issues through the proper forum versus just leaving things unresolved just because they don't know how to handle things. So that's that's the local courts. Now, similarly, and this has been of great benefit to a lot of people, is the, for example, notarization of powers of attorney. So, and this has most people and businesses who have dealt in, with the UAE know that in order for any foreign document to be admitted in the UAE, it needs to go to a very expensive and time-consuming legalization process of a document. Uh, but the best way to empower somebody or to, to do anything in the UAE is to get a UAE based power of attorney or UAE notarized power of attorney that is sort of notar that is signed and stamped by a notary based in the UAE. And um, that's always a preferred option. However, if you're stranded outside of the UAE, but as a business uh, or an individual, how do you how do you manage your business? Because you cannot fly into the country, and um, and and try and the, and the and the option of legalizing your documents through the embassies was no longer available. Still, I think is not available because most embassies they've limited their services only to the most essential services, and legalization of documents is not one. Uh, so now the UAE, the notary, has made uh, the notarization of powers of attorney available online. And so that's been a tremendous benefit to a lot of people. So let's say you want to buy a property, you want to sell a property, you want to sign a contract, you want to terminate the lease agreement. 
you want to make some changes in your company, but you're stranded abroad, or you need, or one of your partners is abroad. So now you can do all these powers of attorney online. And it's fairly, I mean, it's fairly efficient. It takes a few days, but, but it's not a very difficult process. Uh, also, with regards to registration of wills. So, for example, the DIFC courts and the DIFC uh, wills and probate center where you register wills before required physical presence to attend and hearings and even registration of the wills uh, as of now and it looks like this may be become their standard practice everything is done online so all the hearings in the difc and we've attended a number of them uh, they are all done online uh, with uh, the judges um, kind of conducting hearings business as usual except that you no longer need to be physically uh, present uh, which once again allows for a lot of efficiency and economies of, um, I guess, sort of financial spendings. And uh, also with the registration of wills. In the past, you had to be here and you had to register a will mm. uh, in, in the DIFC. And as you can imagine, with the pandemic and sort of the all the health issues that have resulted as a as as you know, as a direct consequence of the pandemic, people are a lot more aware of their mortality. And so, therefore, the question of wills comes forward a lot more. And uh, you know, people have realized, oh, my gosh, we have this real estate in the UAE, but we're now stuck outside of the UAE. What happens if anything were to happen? So um, all, all of a sudden, they become more, more receptive to the idea of actually registering a will to make sure that their estate distribution in the UAE is, is settled. Uh, and and once again, the DIFC wills in probate now allows and in fact encourages registration of wills online. And from what we can tell, that's sort of the plan for the future. And as a result, we've registered a number of wills that way for people who are based outside of the UN and have not been in the UAE for a number of uh, months, if not years. Oh, it's interesting that because it, it begs the question, doesn't it, that you know this is the way forward, the technology that's enabling these processes to be expedited that much faster, that much more easily online, these processes have to stay. And it, it really seems like COVID, in a, in, a, in a strange kind of way, has been this final push to real e-government. The UAE has been promoting for so long. A friend of mine said to me on a podcast I did recently that he's glad, it's not quite the right word, but glad in, in a way for one thing about coronavirus. Um, because it happened now rather than 1992. We have the technology now to be able to handle certain aspects that much better. You know, Zoom, uh, video conferencing, WhatsApp, etc. Um, I want to ask a little bit more about the technological implementations that we're seeing and how they've affected or shifted or changed the way we go about legal proceedings. Uh, and also to see whether you think that this is the way that things are going to stay? Well, I personally have been pleasantly surprised and impressed in the way um, how, how beneficial and helpful technology can be and is able to be on the very, sort of very short time frame. Mm. Uh, so um, we and we are seeing the benefits, the tremendous benefits for us, even on the client uh, at a client level. Before there was, there's also a mental paradigm shift that has happened as a result of what we've just gone through. In the past, it was just sort of a, the default expectation 
uh, from all parties concerned was to have a face-to-face meeting for so clients for example in the in the legal field wanted to come to the office wanted to meet with uh, with you in person and often that required quite a bit of planning and the, and uh, you know often it required actually flying into the country mm-hmm. just for the meeting and when you have multiple people trying to attend the same meeting it just took so much more planning and, and organization and obviously cost now we're conducting this Zoom meeting with clients. Uh, one is in Australia, the other one is in America, and uh, we're able to have one uh, one conversation linking in all the parties uh, and without really much organization or cost. And I don't really see us moving away from this. And as there, it's, so it's not just the technology, but it's also the mental shift. I can see how, because even for us as a law firm, as those who are sort of sitting here on the receiving end of the clients, we're receiving them here. Even we would prefer to meet with clients uh, on Zoom, for example, or Microsoft, uh, just because it's just it's just so much more efficient. And then also with, uh, in addition to this, just I mean, I use Zoom, Zoom as, as an example of the technology, but the ability to share documents, right? To, yeah. So you can, you really, we've done so many deals and settlement agreements and during this COVID time for clients without having seen them in person, because there we are, we'll pull up on the shared screen, the agreement, we go through it together, we amend it together, everybody's commenting it, irrespective of where people are. So I think that's been great. And, uh, and I hope it never goes away. And I hope that more people will continue to embrace this. Um, so that's one. Then on the other hand is with even the, um, the ability to access information. So the webinars, all the webinars that authorities are, are holding or just private businesses that in the past, you know, conferences, seminars, even continuing education courses in the past was either a chore uh, or you wanted to do it but just couldn't do it logistically because it requires you to leave the office and drive to the particular venue and and that will be half a day out of your life. Now, it's all available. It's all here. So we've attended with so many of these continuing education courses, so many of these other events and webinars and, and um, conferences that otherwise we just wouldn't have. We wouldn't have cost-wise and logistics-wise wouldn't have been able to do. So we are in a way perhaps could be even smarter now with having this technology at our fingertips uh, so it's been beneficial but positive I think there's a flip side to it for example for the real estate so now as uh, more businesses and people embrace this online ability to do business conduct business perhaps we will not need as much office space as we used to before and um, so that p- perhaps will affect real estate business in particular commercial space significantly and I'm sure there will be a few other side effects. But overall, this country in particular was very well prepared, I'd say, and geared up to embrace kind of the new world. I'd say that's true. I mean, we saw video conferencing opening up uh, exponentially, didn't we, back uh, in the middle of March. And it, it now is uh, the norm after years of it not being the norm. Let me just take you back to one point you mentioned earlier on, the power of attorney. Uh, point. And I think that's so key. It's so important. Would you just run through very briefly, because I think a lot of people would be interested in this, how it works now, how drafting and signing a power of attorney works in the current 
COVID climate, if you like. Sure. So the way it starts, obviously, since it's still in the Arab world, that's that this the ultimate signing is happening. So the document has to be drafted in Arabic. But as before, it can be dual in dual languages. And uh, so you submit. So we have the contact of the contact details of the notary. So we will send first once we've agreed on the text of the power of attorney with the client, we'll send it to the notary for them by email to review and um, and basically raise any questions if there are any questions. And then ultimately the notary notary will have to um, uh, will have to get the contact details of the client. And then they will have they will schedule a time to call the client because they visually have to see and they use Botim that's the UE technology right. sort of video technology yeah. uh, so kind of like face FaceTime just our own version mm-hmm. and so they will call the client on a particular a particular hour or and day and so that they visually can see them and confirm that basically the details on the power of attorney and uh, the picture because by that time we will have sent to the notary and the passport copy or Emirates ID whatever the relevant identification documents and then they will just um, and they will confirm that the client has seen or they've seen the client and that the same person that is signing visually and then they'll send basically the executed copy of the document the client will sign it we will we will send that copy to the uh, to the notary public or to the notary and they will um, uh, will add their stamp and then send it our way so that's that's basically it is a little a few little steps uh, in terms of uh, if you compare it to if you do it in person, you just go in one go and you get that document stamped right there. And then here, there's a little bit of scheduling and following up. But ultimately, within a week or so, you can have it all done. But it's, basic, but yeah, but the reliance on Botem, in particular, the UAE zone technology, video technology, that sort of that's made it all possible. And this, by the way, most of the court proceedings are also being attended through Botem. And you can easily see how huge a difference this is for people. Oh, huge. We have so many people that that operate businesses here and they just they kind of resign themselves. They won't be able to do any kind of um, uh, structural changes to the mm. business, for example, because that particular partner or signatory to the business just cannot fly into the country. And because you cannot even do a power of attorney from outside uh, because it would not it would have to be attested by the various uh, embassies and the embassies are not providing that service. So they've sort of resigned themselves to the fact that okay, we're just going to have to wait and see how many months from here somebody will be able to fly in. Well, now we've done a number of powers of attorney for uh, for uh, corporate uh, or people in corporate capacities and now allow them to, to go back and start running their business more or less as normal. Same thing, for example, for landlords who have properties here and who perhaps uh, previously would either manage them themselves or rely on somebody else who is not in the country to help them manage those properties and how, how do you rent out a property or how do you take possession or deliver of a property if you're not here so we've been doing a lot of those powers of attorney we've unfortunately had a number of a fairly significant increase of of inheritance matters because people have a number of people have you know, at least our clients or sort of the people that we've been dealing with have come to us because of a death in the family. Mm. And uh, once again, how do you how do you deal with um, that? You your power of attorney always comes in first because you need to give somebody here on the ground power of attorney to be able to to deal with the asset or the estate here. Uh, so it's come in so handy in so many different ways, and it surprises me that still people don't many people don't know about it. Can I put you on the spot for a second, in a good way? 
Absolutely. We started this podcast by me saying to you, go back to the middle of March, five and a half months or so ago, uh, and give me your thoughts at that time, looking into the COVID lens, as it were. Let's reverse that. Look back over the last five and a half months. In terms of legal proceedings, the stuff that you do as a matter of course every day in your business, and just give us your final thoughts of where we are now as we really start to emerge from lockdown, uh, I think you can argue quite clearly. Did you think this is where you'd be? No, absolutely not. I mean, we always knew the UAE has been very proactive about embracing technology and and uh, striving to resist the e-government. And in many ways, it's it's very advanced. It had already been a lot more ahead of the game compared to some of the other countries, including the US. Uh, but this rapid, uh, perhaps you leap forward and embracing of these new technologies in most fundamental ways, such as conducting court hearings, we didn't expect. We honestly did not expect. We thought it would take, I just, perhaps I didn't, couldn't even fathom. That's why we were planning that perhaps by July things will settle down and we'll be able to go back uh, to, to business. But um, things, you know, that part of the, uh, the pandemic is still sort of ongoing, but in terms of at least being back to business, we were able to go back to business, business a lot earlier and a lot faster and a lot more seamlessly than I, I'm aware of even in it's happening in other, in other uh, parts of the world. So, uh, you know, today, sitting here today and looking back, we are a lot, a lot, a lot more efficient, a lot more efficient and uh, in, in many positive ways. And... Um, uh, and, you know, with this efficiency, it's just, I feel like we're also we're much more capable of doing many more things just because information is so much more available to us at our fingertips, something that wasn't just as available before. Uh, so I think uh, with regards to that aspect and, you know, the business and the technology, we are much better off. And that maybe that was the push that we needed. And uh, we were quite obviously well positioned to embrace this push towards the new norm much faster than than other countries have so i hope we continue to to move in that direction i hope they won't be going back because it's not necessary to go back to where we were before at least with regards to a lot of these uh, systems and administrations the new normal legal proceedings during covid19 that's another episode of logical ludmilla yamalava you heard just there ludmilla is the managing partner here at yamalava and pletka as it always is uh, a learning experience thank you again Always thank you to you, Tim. If you have a legal question you need answered in a future episode of Logical, you could WhatsApp it to us on 00971-525-1611. If you'd like a consultation with a qualified UAE-experienced legal professional, all you have to do is click the contact button at lylawyers.com.